Rusty Quill presents. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. This is an actual play podcast intended for adults and may contain material that some people find disturbing. Please see the episode notes for content warnings and listen with care. If you found our show from Graham Patrick's guest writing on episode three of the Magnus Protocol, you might want to start with one of the campaigns he wrote on. Y'all of Cthulhu, our first ever season, is a complete horror campaign in the Old West. Next, we have Bleaker Trails, which is in the same setting. That has one complete season, and the final season is coming late in 2024. And if you're looking for something shorter and science fiction, we have a six-episode Blade Runner series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you around. Our Discord is slade.me slash discord. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Push the Roll, a low prep dialogue only actual play series that incorporates ideas from our Patreon posse into the game as the story develops. Join up at patreon.com slash ain't slade to contribute and enjoy the madness. So you have no idea what time it is in the scene you're seeing now in your mind's eye. You don't know what time it is. You don't know what year it is. All you can see is a wooden space, scaffolding, rope hanging off in the distance. And you get the sense that you may be in some sort of sound stage, but it could be the 1910s. It could be the 1980s. These kind of spaces have sort of a unstuck in time quality. And then just hear the of an old recording film canister going around, drawing film into itself, printing what it's seeing. And just imagine your mind's eye swiveling around as if it itself is on a camera panning to the right. And then begin to hear whimpering, crying, the sound of panic, the sounds of screaming, a mind shattering scream as you the camera of your mind's eye moves around not towards the source of this shrieking but towards the figures that are recording it and see that a sound person with a boom see someone seated in a chair a camera person operating the camera as these screams these unbearable screams feel fill your ears notice that each and every one of these people are masked they themselves are not seeing what is happening. Something is very, very wrong here. 
who knows how long ago it is from then. You're in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. The jewel of the research triangle in the center of the state of North Carolina. <laughs> and you are here for Southern Scream Fest, a uh, film festival of uh, horror movies in the beautiful town of Chapel Hill at the uh, beautiful Varsity Theater, a old movie house built in the 1920s, maintained and restored, and uh, horror freaks and uh, splatter hounds from all over the country and perhaps the world have descended on this theater to uh, watch some classics and to air some new horror short films. Again, let, let your mind's eye crane shot down over the brightly lit sign of the Varsity Theater. See the kind of beautiful college town streets uh, extending on either side of it as the as you know, one or the crane shot kind of moves off of its crane arm and pushes into the building itself. And you can see people milling around in cosplay. Night has has already fallen as people are, are milling around, getting ready to enter the movie house and see some totally sick and twisted stuff. <laughs> and you can see all sorts of folks uh, moving around here, uh, checking their tickets, maybe getting some popcorn. And uh, why don't we meet some of the folks attending this fest? Let's start up there with uh, Mel McCoy. Mel McCoy, uh, 34 years old, pest control technician. <laughs> and I am here dressed as the Toxic Avenger, obviously. <laughs> kind of suits me because I have a, a big frame and a bald head. And I, I spent a lot of time working on the prosthetics for the droopy left eye and kind of the, the cheek that's pushed up a little bit. Carrying a tattered mop. And I also embellished a little bit because I am wearing my pest control spray can on my back <laughs> and it says trauma pest control uh, in kind of the stylized letters of trauma there. But yeah, just kind of, uh, you know, B-movie fanatic. The whole basement at my parents' house is filled with VHS tapes. So excited to be here. Awesome. And as you, uh, as Toxie there, jostles with other people in, in peculiar cosplay, lots of uh, black red bubble shirts with horror posters on them abound. <laughs> Our camera pans around and catches Darlene Edwards. So rounding a corner, you see this pretty, I mean, it's like a, a mid-tier Godzilla suit, um, just kind of like really getting into it, kind of doing the big stompy, heading towards a water fountain where the head is lifted off to reveal a 22-year-old woman, Darlene. She has long brown hair, which as she removes the helmet or the the head, I just want you to imagine the, the like hair tossing thing. Um <laughs> Kind of leans down to to take a drink of water, and then as soon as she comes back up, boop, head goes back on. <laughs> Darlene is a librarian. She's from uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Mm. She was really into the kind of like horror scene in Arkham, but honestly, she realized that like the South, that's where the horror shit is at. So she is just super psyched to be here. Great. Darlene has a taste for the Southern Gothic and has come mm. down to <laughs> Arkham's sister college in the South, UNC Chapel Hill. <laughs> Unbeknownst to, to you, when you removed your Godzilla head and did your hair toss, a few bespectacled uh, faces around the room were like, whoa. Whoa, <laughs> and, a babe? Uh, <laughs> a total babe? Let the camera move past their gobsmacked faces and see uh, Gary Kaplan. So Gary works in an electronics repair shop that's always on the verge of going out of business, but he is the assistant manager, so yeah, he's, he's, he's making his way in the world. And he has come today dressed in actually quite a, a surprisingly effective Christopher Lee as Dracula cosplay. Cool. There obviously is a bit of cost saving involved. So his hair isn't naturally black. So he's put boot polish in it and put nice. gray highlights in there with a bit of talcum powder. And you know, as long as things don't get too hot, it shouldn't run. <laughs> and he's got some new contact lenses for the bloodshot eyes effect that he's never worn contact lenses before. And he's beginning to realize this was possibly a grave mistake. <laughs> His eyes would probably look more bloodshot if he took them out. 
The only thing standing in the way of him making a convincing Christopher Lee is that he is just completely the wrong body shape. He's about six inches too short and doughy. (laughs) But apart from that, he makes an absolutely fucking great Dracula. That's great. And you can catch some affirmative nods from the folks around you as they then maybe kind of are like, smelling the boot polish like what is that but then it just sort of gets lost in the in the atmosphere of the smell of latex and and other things that are that are filling this lobby and yes uh push past the boot polish vapor clinging to gary kaplan's doughy form and uh let's pick up samantha day hi y'all officer day here (laughs) of the unc campus police Samantha is 26 years old. She is maybe five foot two, 90 pounds. She is got her mousy brown hair in a tight bun at the back of her neck, but with some little wispy bangs because her mom told her that she has a big forehead. And so she'll always have bangs. (laughs) Um, Samantha Day She's a townie. She grew up here, right here in, in Chapel Hill. And she's, she's real smart. She loves books. She loves movies. But she got real bad grades in high school because to participate, it turns out you need to, to talk. <laughs> and that's, that's a little hard for her in front of other people. She's a little shy. And so she always wanted to go to UNC Chapel Hill, but didn't quite make the cut. So she went to UNC or uh, Chapel Hill Community College, CHCC, (laughs) and then applied to the campus to the police program because she thought it might help her gain a little bit of confidence. She's been patrolling the campus for a couple years now. She loves just being around this campus, it's beautiful. It's like feels like home to her. But she's got a, a bit of a secret. She loves Beetlejuice. <laughs> it is her favorite movie, and she finds it very inspiring. And when she needs moments of inspiration or confidence, she's inspired by being possessed by a um, fast talking ghost. <laughs> and she finds her other her other confident side in moments when she needs needs a little bit of juice, a little bit of juice, <laughs> if you will. Yes. So that's Officer Day. That's that's Samantha. Green, Officer Day. Yes, uh, the shy campus security with a love for the ghost with the most. <laughs> As you look around the lobby, you can see all of the other attendees here, all the other horror hounds milling about. Perhaps Officer Day, you notice some people you recognize from the um, faculty of the university, like people in the in the film studies program walking around. But th- like I said, there are people from out of town. But all of you notice that the open space of this lobby has been filled up with uh, not only posters for some of the movies that are playing at the festival over the course of the week, but also memorabilia. And um, Let's have you all kind of congregate, maybe at a, a sort of plexiglass case behind which there is a, a sort of moth-eaten dark cape. And the uh, legend on it just says, Cape of Baron Von Madblood. <laughs> Especially the locals among you would know. Baron Von Madblood is the local horror movie host. Like many across the country, mm-hmm. like uh, Sven Gulli or Count Von Creep or other of these types, Baron Von Madblood was the guy who would host the uh, weekend horror movie in the local uh, Research Triangle affiliate stations. And this was a mantle that was passed from a, there was an older Dr. Madblood who in the 80s retired and the, the mantle was taken up by a, another significantly groovier Dr. Madblood. <laughs> and you can see lots of other things from the uh, collection of props from this host around the lobby. You know, I used to go to those weekends at the Baron Von Madblood when I was a kid. Gosh, it was so much fun. Oh, sorry. Uh, you probably get nervous talking to a cop. Just because I have a gun and handcuffs doesn't mean I'm not friendly. <laughs> <laughs> the droopy eye of the toxic Avenger just kind of looks yeah. over. 
<laughs> and Samantha is definitely on duty. She's in her uniform. Her hair's in her bun. She does that cop thing where they walk around with one hand on their belt, like <laughs> just sort of naturally or or like on the, the belt buckle. But she like made sure definitely a few weeks ago that she was going to be like her shift was going to be at the same time as the <laughs> film festival so that she'd have an excuse to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, no. Officer Day, uh, y- you remember me, right? Mel, uh, Bug Busters. <laughs> oh, Mel. Oh, you know, I didn't recognize you with the um, with the eye. <laughs> you don't normally have that, right? No, no. Remember, we I was in the administration building, the, the rat thing. Right. Yeah, those rats were, they were big. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. size of like chihuahuas. It was weird. <laughs> well, thanks for taking care of that. Well, and they're everywhere. They're everywhere on campus. They're, they're in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Um, thank you so much for letting me know. Yeah. No, just between us. Like if you ever hear, it's not ghosts like scratching, like people say, it's, it's rats. Just rats. That's very comforting. Yeah. Thank you. Well, well, it's good to see you. I didn't know you were into this stuff. I, do you think it's real? I mean, that's got to be a replica, right? The cape. I mean, oh, oh, I'm, I'm not into this stuff. I'm just, I'm, I'm here. I'm working. <laughs> definitely working. Um, on duty. Have to be here. Mm. Definitely being paid, and that's why I'm here. Um, no, I get it. He points to the sprayer on his back. <laughs> oh no, it's super real. It's super real. And from behind you, uh, you can see a tiny little guy with kind of a like sort of a neck beard. He's wearing a top hat and he <laughs> appears to have really long press on fingernails oh. on. He's got sort of a dark cape. Um, he's like, yeah, that's the cape of the original Baron Von Madblood. You're looking at a piece of cinema history. Wow, that is incredible. Gary, at this stage, his nose is just pressed up against the glass of the case, and he's looking at this with almost religious awe. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Um, ah, I can see uh, uh, that you're a fellow traveler. Uh, excellent costume, my good man, says, uh, says this guy. Thank you, thank you. I'll turn around and look at him, sort of blinking the tears out of my reddened eyes. <laughs> Coffin Joe? Ah, yes. Yes, indeed. Obrigado. <laughs> and yes, this man is, is dressed as um, Brazilian horror host Coffin Joe. Um, <laughs> yes, tonight I will possess your dwarfs. Amazing. His uh, long fingernails are sort of like scratching at the plexiglass. Someone like you probably uh, knows that um, I only consider the original Baron von Madblood to be legitimate. The later Baron von Madblood is a pale shadow. Oh, I think he had his charms, don't you think? He had his charms, yeah, and he used to he used to show the Hammer films. He used to show the Hammer films. That's where I saw them all. Oh yes, I never missed an episode. Oh, all the classics. That's what separates him from the crop of other horror hosts. Is that he was a true obsessive and devotee. Yeah. Uh, his personal collection is said to be very extensive. I think they even have some of the things from his personal archives. Wait, 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 wait. And uh, he, he sort of like dramatically flourishes his hands off to one side to another case, like down the across the lobby, breaking off one of his press on nails in the process. <laughs> like, dang it. And, um, you can see that there's there's lots of other little doodads around. This is clearly like maybe this this weekend is commemorating the legacy of this particular guy. It seems like you probably know this, Gary, if you are a devotee, that this um, Baron von Madblood was the sort of stage name of this guy named Foster Aikman, <laughs> who was a, a, a local television personality turned horror host like many of these people were. But then he sort of like dug into this persona and it was very kind of Christopher Lee. And as you walk over to the other plexiglass case, you can see the look of Baron von Madblood, which is like a very like dramatic widow's peak, really high collar, like big grease paint, dark circles under the eyes, like a big uh, fluffy kind of cravat. (laughs) It's definitely the sort of like vampire dandy is the look he went for. (laughs) And you can see other pictures of the later Baron von Madblood, which is like kind of hippied up a little bit, like kind of a, more of a mustache. The hair is a little bit longer. And you can see that he's fronting like kind of a 
a, a band that he started in the 80s called the Goofy Spookies. <laughs> <laughs> I think as Gary's like walking over to the second case, a Godzilla holding a canvas tote bag kind of <laughs> makes its way over and you hear from under the head, oh, this guy looks important. A glove comes off, reaches into the tote bag, pulls out one of those disposable Kodak cameras yeah. and kind of pushes it into Gary's hand. Hey, you mind getting a picture of me? Uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Great. Glove goes back on, tote bag goes down. Scary, scary pose. Arr. It's not everyone who can pull off a cravat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, is the cravat the, the neck thing or is that the cape? thing or the he points excitedly at the picture with the cravat cravat nice <laughs> you think vampires would love cravats because if you get everyone wearing them that way you can cover up the bite marks of your victims and it's it becomes a perfect crime yeah and uh, and if you wear a red one then it can catch all the the dribbles you know when you've, oh, you've yeah. finished feasting <laughs> yes <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no one could ever see the blood marks <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, did you make that costume, uh, Godzilla? Oh, ah, man, I wish I had that kind of skill. No, uh, no, I bought it. <laughs> okay, y you can't really enter the cosplay contest, okay? Because it's, <laughs> it's for homemade costumes. I just, I oh. saw a lot of people looking at you at the fountain, and I just want you to know the rules. Okay. No, it looks good, though. Uh, yeah. Hey, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay, cool. It's good to meet. I'm Mel, uh, Bugbusters. Uh, oh, hey, Mel. I'm Darlene. Oh, nice to meet you, Darlene. From across the lobby, you can see a person in a very homemade-looking Godzilla outfit. It's just kind of made of green cloth. And there's a little hole cut out for his face, and he's looking at he's looking at you just like really intensely. Like, yeah. Darlene clocks this, gives him a cheery wave, and then does scary pose again. <laughs> Your scowls. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, the case you've walked up to with that like dramatic headshot of Foster Aikman as Baron von Madblood is full of stacks of film canisters with handwritten labels on the outside. And Coffin Joe behind you is like, wow, from the personal collection. Is he like is almost getting on his knees? He's, he's a very small man, so he's kind of peering at it, fogging the plexiglass with his breath. <laughs> you think they're going to show some of those? Yes. Yeah, I, I think so. The, some of these are original prints. Look, it's the Spanish language Dracula that they filmed at the same time that the Todd Browning's uh, Bela Lugosi Dracula oh. was being shot. Oh, man. Do they say Dracula in Spanish differently? Do they pronounce it differently? I'm more familiar with how they say it in Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how's that? <laughs> yeah, how do they say it? Dracula. <laughs> oh. I can definitely hear the difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me gusta Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you can see other kind of old, these canisters show signs of age. There's, you can see other labels there, like Mad Love. You see Vampire. Oh. You see Haxen. Um, Faustus. <laughs> this guy really likes his uh, neck biters, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Gary's definitely getting hot under the collar looking at all this. <laughs> Hey, do you think they have stuff from other studios here? Or is it just this stuff? Wait, what do you mean? Like, do they have any trauma films? or anything? I thought this was just like a, a festival. There's, it all seems to be this guy's stuff. Well, this is personal collection. I, I think um, Miss, Mr. Aikman, uh, the Baron, uh, his <laughs> tastes uh, aired more towards the, uh, the esoteric, the, the classic, the uncanny, the, dare I say, eldritch. Less so into the crudely exploitive that uh, trauma films represent. I, I don't understand trauma. Cult movies are things that, that happen organically. They happen over the years. They, they happen because people love them. You can't, you can't force cult status onto a film. Look, may, maybe you do things differently here. I didn't grow up in North Carolina. I'm from Laramie. You can probably tell from my accent. Uh, <laughs> but... I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen any of this stuff. I, I oh, Well, I'm sorry. We won't be showing Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. <laughs> Rather, tonight's bill of fare includes the classic uh, uncanny horror movie Carnival of Souls. Ooh. Okay. Uh, 
I just wish I could get my 15 bucks back. <laughs> Man, you all seem like you know quite quite a bit about this stuff. You seem like the folks to stick with. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sorry no one's going to be melting into a pile of toxic goo. I'm afraid the uh, horror in this film is of a more existential variety. <laughs> He says as one of his, his other nails falls off. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll make the best of it while I'm here. Well, I sure hope my my beat uh, leads me to that film showing tonight. <laughs> but I am at work. <laughs> oh, I, that's not a costume. You're 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 like an actual cop lady. Yeah, this is a real gun. <laughs> Hell yeah. Can I hold it? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I uh, would get in a lot of trouble, but it is very cool. Fair enough. Hey, Darla. Um, Close enough. Could I get a picture of just me pointing the sprayer at you? I think that would look so cool. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> I'm not going to spray it because it's really dangerous stuff, you know? But I, I just want to point it. Of course. Pushes the camera back into Gary's hands and then yeah, yeah, all right, all right. poses next to, next to Mel. <laughs> right. If I sprayed this, it'd be like, you'd be like covered in pyrethroid and all that shit. But yeah, all right. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Rawr! <laughs> Me either, but it says it right on the label. <laughs> Great. But Mel, it's empty, right? That's just like an old one you had laying around. Uh, well, I, I told you about the rats, right? It's not like the actual one you, you use for work, right, Mel? <laughs> That'd be dangerous. Well, I'm kind of always on duty too, Officer Day. Oh. You know, like, have you seen the size of the new roaches we've got this year? I mean, they're like those palmettos. Oh, God. The ones in the anthropology department? Yeah. They're bad. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's full. It's obviously. I, oh. I come prepared, you know? Oh, well. While this chat is going on, maybe Darlene <laughs> and Gary could make a spot hidden roll. That sounds fun. I feel like Gary should be taking a penalty on all his spot hiddens for the contact lenses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Darlene got a hard success on that spot hidden. Great. Yep, even with the penalty, I passed. Then perhaps you both notice with close inspection of these film canisters that not only do they have like handwritten labels indicating their titles, year and stuff, but there's also like something that looks like a handwritten label maker has been kind of adhered to the, the opposite side, a little less visible to the vantage point of the casual viewer as they walk by. And as you look at it, it looks as though each one of the canisters has another little label, property of Gimgool. Gim Ghoul. Does the name mean anything to me? Darlene looks at um Fanboy McGee over there <laughs> and is like, who's uh who's Gim Ghoul? Uh um what? <laughs> and uh he kind of like straightens up and is like, Well, <laughs> you are you from around here? Oh no, I'm uh I'm from up north. <laughs> Just came down here for the festival. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that as as that pops up, Samantha, as a townie, you would definitely know this. And I will say that this is a very real thing. In Chapel Hill lore, there is a secret society on campus at the University of Chapel Hill called the Gimghouls. There's no official existence of them. No one claims membership. But the reason that they're known is that there is a Gothic building on or nearby the campus of Chapel Hill called Gimgul Castle. that is apparently <laughs> the site of a duel where a person died. And all these local legends surround this, this locked Gothic edifice on campus called Gimgul Castle. So there is this, this building and also this rumored student secret society around it called the Gimgulls. Rust, when you say it's real, do you mean like real, like, like, like our world real? Yes. Piercing the veil of our fiction. That's a very real thing. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> so who's Gim Ghoul? Perhaps even Samantha would know that like the person who died in this duel was apparently a guy named Dim Ghoul, or <laughs> it was the guy who killed someone else in a duel and then disappeared. In any case, there's like conflicting legends, but it's like a there was a murder there's there's some dark dealings there, but it's just the name that has sort of over time risen up around this space and this organization, which is probably just like a source of like local color and like macabre fun. 
Uh, I wouldn't put it past uh, uh, Mr. Aikman to uh, to to put that on those canisters as as a little joke. <laughs> oh. Oh, you d- you don't think it's real? <laughs> the Gimgles? <laughs> uh, no, n- no one but the most uh, the most naive undergrad would actually believe that the Gimgles are an active force on the campus. Oh, they're real. I've seen them. <laughs> yeah, they're always running around at night in like black cloaks. Who? Oh. Maybe it's just a bunch of kids who, who are dressing up, but no, I've, I've seen them on my patrols. Gary looks down at his black cloak, suddenly feeling self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Samantha, you definitely have, as you've walked around, just every now and then, like, as you pass some of the statuary on the campus or move between the old brick dormitories, the... Uh, like neoclassical buildings there, you will see like groups in cloaks kind of like move back into the shadows. And perhaps you'll roll your eyes thinking of some quote unquote gimgles out on a snipe hunt. Oh, yeah, I see them all the time. In fact, Mr. Gary, you look just like Mm -hmm. them. They wear black cloaks just like you. (laughs) Oh, what a coincidence. Mm hmm. And perhaps you notice around the room, there's there's a lot of cloaks around and a lot of masks around, a lot of secret and anonymous people, not just uh, Toxic Avengers and Godzillas. <laughs> Mel's completely pale, by the way, when you start talking about Gimgul's. <laughs> and you can see there's a person dressed as Ghostface from Scream, like on the other end of the room, just kind of in a black cloak. And it <laughs> looks as though the mask is just intently staring at you from across the lobby, Mel. Oh, um... I, he's going to kind of get closer to the officer for a feeling of safety. Uh, I, I sprayed, I sprayed that castle a couple of times. Um, have, have, have you been in there? Do you patrol there? No, that's, it's not really on my beat, but, um, I, I've, I've seen it. I mean, I grew up around here, so everybody knows about Gimgul Castle, but now I've never been in. What's it like? Well, I mean, castles have rats, like, everywhere. But um, I, I hear other things in there, like furniture moving. And um, some, sometimes the floorboards kind of, like, um, uh, creak when you don't even step on them. You know what I mean? Like, from across the room. So I'll be honest, I only, like, half spray it, and then I get the fuck out of there. You were just let in by a totally normal-looking sort of maintenance personnel. You were mm-hmm. let into rooms that were completely unadorned, that just had chairs and tables. And uh, you sprayed and you left. Yeah. But um, I'll only go there during the day. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a great place for a film screening. Yeah. It'd be a little weird if you had to work at night. Isn't that when the rats come out? Well, yeah, that's when a lot of the critters are most active. So if I'm going to set effective traps, sometimes I have to go out at night. I mean, I I do whatever it takes to get the job done. That's kind of what Bugbusters is known for. Like, who are you going to call? Right? Our our slogan that we made up. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's great. I didn't know that you were such a hard worker, Mel. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm trying to get a, a raise. Uh, maybe maybe I can get a different beat outside of campus. Who knows? For sure. Go back to Laramie, open my own bug shop. I think that's real admirable. Well, bug killing shop. <laughs> <laughs> wow, everyone's got dreams. <laughs> now the uh, doors are opening and people are, are filing in. The first event of the evening is a little short film festival. They're going to show a handful of shorts and um, preceding the first main picture, which is a Carnival of Souls. I want to do it like this. Let's say there are four shorts, and I would love for each one of you to briefly describe what these short films are. (laughs) Are we using the list or making them up? (laughs) You can do either. Ooh. Picking one from the list, there's the short film that... Gary is really excited about because he did help out his friend Frank, Frank DiMartino, who made the film. And it's a, I mean, it's a very cheap, very short slasher film. I, I say slash, there's one kill in it called The Gallbladder Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comedy horror and a lot of the film, the dialogue, revolves around the confusion as to whether this is someone who who goes around killing people and collecting their gallbladders or whether he kills gallbladders or and <laughs> you know, the, the, the police are never quite sure what's going on and gary is is very excited because he did create the gallbladder for this <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> sweet 
I mean, it's the most realistic looking gallbladder you're going to see all weekend. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, you, you, you're just smiling with pride as like a really gnarly shot of a knife plunging into an abdomen and removing a, removing a little pear-shaped organ from underneath a liver comes out. What are some of the other films in this, uh, in this brief fest? There's a showing of Attack of the Killer Leaks, which is basically <laughs> a low-budget studio trying to capitalize on the success of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes by doing just like a, almost a, not a shot-for-shot shot remake, but just like a very, very close fast follow <laughs> of that movie. And the music is just like one note off, like, you know, when a when a cartoon tries to <laughs> mimic like a, an existing property. Mm-hmm. It's not scary at all, but it's one of those ones that's kind of like so bad it's good, which Attack of the Killer Tomatoes also was, but this is like even worse. (laughs) So even better. (laughs) And maybe there are even some people there that have seen it before that are like chanting along Rocky Horror style to like particular moments. (laughs) What else is in the fest? There's a provocative film called Swallowing Cosmic. And it's uh, set in Nebula Falls, a fictitious uh, place with Dr. Stellar, the astrophysicist who notices this cosmic anomaly that it's making everyone float. And at first they just start to float a a few inches off the ground, but it's like so poorly done in terms of the effects. You can actually see people suspended, uh, you know, in the film. But I think they're trying to, they're running a marketing campaign that it's kind of like softcore porn mixed with. B-movie horror because of the title, but the actual movie is nothing like that. It's just marketing. (laughs) There's little posters for all these movies out in the out in the lobby. And the poster for Swallowing Cosmic is is, is very provocative. Mm. And even one of its stars, uh, Kendra Cole, is getting her picture taken next to it. But when you actually watch it, it's it's nowhere near as prurient as the poster would have (laughs) you believe. (laughs) What is the, the final film? Final film is Samantha's favorite. She would never admit that she's seen it and that she's looking forward to the the screening. It's the the cult hit Bride of the Teenage Dirt Bike Zombie. <laughs> and she particularly loves it because the like D-list star who plays the uh, titular Teenage Dirt Bike Zombie is a real 80s heartthrob, Charlie Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> Great coincidence. Yep. Yeah, Charlie Chalamet. Different spelling. Yeah. Completely. Um, completely uh, Americanized. His family clearly came over uh, during Ellis Island, but he's got like the hair and he's got the jawline and she's just absolutely just gaga for Charlie Chalamet, um, the teenage dirtbag zombie. And she really likes to like self-insert as the bride. She's a romantic at heart. But um, yeah, Bride of the Teenager to Bike Zombie, it's a little campy, but it's romance at its horror finest. Amazing. And perhaps you're, you're just daydreaming about what it would be like to be the bride of a zombie, mm-hmm. wrapping your arms around mm-hmm. his, his decaying leather jacketed right, torso right. and dirt biking off into the sunset. Exactly. He kidnapped me, but we're forced together and oh, we find that we're just like made for each other. And um, I have to choose between the land of the living and the land of the dirt bike zombies. And I have to choose. <laughs> what are you talking about? The, the, the main character has to choose. <laughs> You're talking to yourself out loud. <laughs> yeah. There's someone dressed as the bride of Frankenstein next to you. There's like, shh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just get a little into it sometimes. Also, never shush an officer. <laughs> she puts her hand on her gun. <laughs> the bride of Frankenstein immediately is like, uh, um, recoils in horror and like locks eyes on the screen as the credits roll. And then the lights kind of come up and you hear just on a mic from somewhere like, Pump, pump. Ooh, I feel the beating of my heart, and that's my mad blood. And then running up onto the stage comes a very an aged, hippified version of the Dr. Mad Blood character on mic. It's like, let's hear it for all those wild and crazy films, baby. Woo! As uh, he kind of leads some applause. <laughs> let's get the filmmakers up if you if you're here. <gasps> They're here? Some of the uh folks kind of filter up onto the stage. Frank Martino is there, the, the auteur of The Gallbladder Killer. Of course, uh, Kendra Cole is there um, representing uh, Swallowing Cosmic. And oh my God, it's the actor, Mr. Chalamet. Oh my God. 
You didn't notice him. He's basically dressed just like he is in the movie. He tosses his tousled hair as he walks up to the front of the theater. Oh, my God. I... I didn't know that Charlie Chalamet would be here. Uh, that's so cra- crazy. And me in my uniform. <laughs> go talk to him. Samantha, go talk to him. I could not do that, Darlene. Oh, sure you can. No. Grabs Sam's arm, starts dragging her up towards wherever this person is sitting. <laughs> uh, unless he's on stage or something. He's kind of down down there, and it's like, and as you're as you're being dragged up, the guy portraying Baron von Madblood is like, "Oh, uh, you can keep your questions in your seats. Um, <laughs> no need to rush the stage, baby. Out of sight. Okay. Sorry. Heads <laughs> uh, back, back, back down. <laughs> what are y'all doing? Who who is it? Who was who was that? Who is that guy? You don't know Charlie Chalamet? No. Is he is he local? If by local, you mean the United States of America, he's only a star. I mean, look at him. Can't you see his star quality? Uh, yeah, he's, he's a little young for the, the movies I watch, I guess. I guess. Perhaps you've seen, he, he's also been in maybe like a CW show or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as far as this festival goes, he's definitely a huge fish in a small pond. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you can get an autograph later. That's kind of cool, I guess. There hasn't been a real horror movie star since the 1970s. Yeah, you're right <laughs> about that. Yeah. Ooh, purists, huh? <laughs> and people are, are lobbing questions to the group like, what is your process? Charlie Chalamet? Charlie Chalamet. <laughs> it's just like, hey, number one, part of being a zombie is like, it's not about being dead. It's about what part of you do you want to keep alive through <laughs> death? You know what I mean? Wow. Um, he's got like a lot of like beaded bracelets. Yeah. Samantha is sweating. <laughs> like visibly sweating under her collar. Kendra Cole seems to have a very like great attitude about the project. He's like, yeah, look, I know that the budget isn't maybe where it could be, but I think the filmmaker did a really great job within the constraints that we had. And I mean... If we have the opportunity to, to do this as a feature later on, that maybe we could have the budget that a, that an idea like this deserves. But it was just an honor to work with the whole team. And I think some of the floating effects come off rather well. <laughs> and uh, Frank DiMartino is, is like, really, it all comes down to uh, you're, you're trying to transgress, right? You're trying to, uh, uh, and, and what, what greater transgression is there than to push beyond the flesh into the, not the beating heart, but that which produces the bile, the gallbladder. <laughs> <laughs> and I really got to give it up to, uh, to our effects coordinator, Mr. Gary Kaplan. Please stand up as he indicates you. Gary jumps to his feet and then suddenly looks really bashful, turns beet red, and then puts the collar of his cloak up and sits back down again. (laughs) Darlene is going wild, just like maybe the only voice that's just shouting and clapping. She's like, Woo! Gary! Her photographer. (laughs) The little uh, Coffin Joe guy stands up and raises a, a clawed hand. He's like, Yes, you there in in the back, baby. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. Don't you find this whole this whole pageant to be a perversion of Foster Aikman's vision for for horror as something that that was a that was a portal to uh to unknown and and eldritch worlds? The guy looks kind of confused. He's like, I'm what? <laughs> <laughs> nah. I speak of Foster Aikman, the first Baron Mad Blood. This should be an, an homage to, to his legacy. And he kind of like stands up and is like shuffling out. It's like, I'll see you all here at Carnival of Souls, a true film. There's hubbub in the audience. I guess there are some disgruntled audience members. Yeah, super fan over there. <laughs> Real purists. Yep. It's like, okay, baby, can't win them all. All right. We'll be <laughs> right back here in five minutes for Carnival of Souls. Spooky. And uh, people uh, begin to take their seats, mill around, and the film is going to be starting very soon. Do they have any snacks or anything? There's a concession stand, yeah. Hey, man, I didn't know you were famous. Do you, uh, do you want me to grab you some Skittles or something? <laughs> Gary looks around to try to work out who you're talking to. <laughs> you're a gallbladder man, right? You, you did all the effects? Uh, oh, 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 well, yeah, I made the gallbladder. Really? What does a gallbladder look like? Is it like a bean? Like a kidney kind of thing? Uh, maybe. 
Okay, yeah. You got one on you? Not handy. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, he's shy. Don't pester him about his art. No, I was I was being sincere. I think it's really cool that he's involved in the films. Oh, I, I just made the gold platter. Oh, well. But that's the titular thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're pretty important here, Gary. You might be the highest ranking officer. <laughs> <laughs> his face is now as red as his eyes. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what about you, uh, Officer Day? Do you want some lemon heads or something? Oh, uh, uh, sure. Whatever, whatever they've got back there. I'll pay you back. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, like, I'll see you around on campus. You can get me back with a favor or something. Oh, for sure. And you can see uh, during all this, uh, Charlie Chalamet and Kendra Cole sort of being swarmed by people in cosplay, in particular people whose faces are not visible. And you can see that same like ghost face from Scream person, like just kind of lingering there by uh, uh, Charlie Chalamet. (laughs) And you see like kind of autographs being given, but also like little cards slipped into their hands and like whispered conversations going on between them Um, seems sort of intense. Wow. Must be nice to be famous, to be a star. Look at how many people love them. I want to talk to them. <laughs> That's, uh, wow. <laughs> That's just really admirable to me. I just, I don't know if I could do it. If I could handle the attention. What's it like, Gary? Being famous? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. And Gary just runs out of the room. <laughs> oh, uh, this must be his first brush with fame. I guess so. Hey, Gary, if you're going to the concession stand, get me some Mike and Ike's. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you. I wasn't trying to give you the cold shoulder. Uh, Darlene? Darla? Oh, no. Dar- uh, yeah. Either one's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll see if they have Mike and Ike's. Yeah. That'd be great. I'll kind of chase Gary out. Come on, Samantha. Now's your chance to talk to... Charlie Chalamet Ding Dong. Let's go. It's Charlie Chalamet. Yep, yep, Chalamet. Let's go. I can't talk to him. No, Darlene, I'm at, first of all, I'm at work. I'm I'm busy scouting and looking for uh malcontents and um making sure there's no crowd crush. That's the perfect cover. Uh, dragging you back up to the <laughs> front where they are. Uh-huh. Police business coming through. Just mm-hmm. like absolutely oh. bodying you into. Pardon. Make a listen roll, both of you. A listen roll as you go up there. Nope. Darlene is just being loud <laughs> and oblivious. <laughs> Did not succeed. Okay, so both failed. So all you hear is snippets of conversation as you approach Charlie and uh, Kendra also, who's sort of being led away. Just things like, you simply have to come. Yes, please be there. And just one word, cursed. (laughs) And then you'll uh, approach. Charlie Chalamet is like in the middle of wrapping up a conversation with someone dressed as the bride of Chucky. (laughs) Yeah, it was hard for me to know where the dirt bike zombie ended and I began sometimes. He catches you out of the corner of his eye and like kind of turns to you and it's like, he does that thing where he does the praying hands to kind of like say hello to you, the namaste. And he's like, hey, Charlie. Uh, ho- howdy. Um, ha- um, howdy do there, uh, Mr. Chalmay. Um, I'm Officer Day. Um, if you, uh, I'm assigned to your security. That's right. Thumbs up from Darlene. I'm assigned to your security personnel. I'm just imagining a good Godzilla giving like two big enthusiastic <laughs> thumbs up. And it's an old costume too, so it's not really, it just almost looks like, like just yeah. hands. Uh, that's right. He just kind of like fist bumps the Godzilla hands. <laughs> no one told me anything about a security detail. Wow, this, this festival takes such good care of you. They're, they're putting us up in a day's in. <laughs> well, we really do value hospitality here in Chapel Hill. This is actually my partner, um, Officer Zilla. <laughs> Head off, hand off. Officer Zilla, nice to meet ya. Enthusiastic shakes. She's in undercover. Um, you know, to, 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 to fit in better in the in the crowds and, and blend in. Um, but if you need anything at all, if you... Um, you know, if you ever feel unsafe, you can 
Come to me, I have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, it's interesting. I, I just got invited to an after hours. Maybe um wow. maybe I'll see you there if you're part of the uh event. Well, I mean, I think you'll need you'll need protection, won't you? Um going to the party. So, I, I'll absolutely I'll absolutely see you there. I'll be I'll be I'll be running security detail as well. Definitely. Are the festival coordinators expecting anything weird? Oh, uh, definitely not. No, I think it's going to be super cool and fun and also groovy. Um, so, um, no, not weird. Going to be cool and fun. <laughs> and, and as soon as you say groovy, that guy who's playing Baron Von Mabla is like, groovy, I'll see. Now let's, uh, <laughs> let's get y'all out to the lobby. I'd love to get a picture with you, baby. And he's like holding up a, a selfie stick to like... <laughs> Snap a picture with uh, Charlie Shalom. He's like one side there as uh, he's trying to clearly make it just the two of them. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Well, we'll take a step back, Darlene. No, Godzilla comes in and just like inserts himself <laughs> in between the two of them, like Godzilla peace signs, which again is just hands. <laughs> Ross, did I see where Charlie stashed the card that was handed to him? Yes, he stashed it in the uh, pocket of his uh, leather jacket. How many penalty die to take that with Godzilla hands on a sleight of hand? <laughs> yes, uh, one penalty die to try to take it out with your very non-dexterous Godzilla gloves. If I slip off the glove, can I try to snatch that card? Yes, yes, you may. Hell yes. Okay, guys, let's make an enemy right off the bat. Oh, the selfie stick is out. He's like, yeah, wow, really great for you to come. Days in treating you well, my man. You know, they got a free breakfast. Uh, I rolled a 10, which is an extreme success. Wow. Charlie Chalamet is totally distracted by taking this selfie and like trying to hit his angles and like kind of push his face out so that his jawline really pops. God, that jawline. He's distracted by all of that. So he does not even notice the hand of Darlene Edwards slip delicately into his pocket and remove a little uh, clutch of the, it's not just a card. You, that was a, that was a good success. A few things come out. You've, nice. you fully picked his pocket. Nice. <laughs> Got his wallet. <laughs> I'm going to pull Darlene off to the side. Uh, Officer Zilla, um, I, I need to speak with you over here. Darlene, I don't even know what just came over me. I, I lied. I full on lied. <laughs> you didn't lie, Sam. You're going to be at that party. And I show her the card. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you see there that, that, that it has like a handwritten address on it. Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content and special programming, please join our wolf pack at patreon.com slash ain't slayed or subscribe to Ain't Slayed Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you and good luck out there. <laughs>